Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another edition of Transportation Insights. My name is Patrick Berglin, and I'm joined here today by Christian. Christian, welcome and thank you for joining us. Could you give the audience uh, a short introduction of yourself and your business? Of course. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, having me and having us uh, from Container Exchange. Uh, my name is Christian. I'm a co-founder and CEO of uh, Container Exchange. We are an online platform for container logistics, um, essentially giving our clients the ability to flexibly lease in and out um, container assets uh, on a spot basis. All right, cool. That was uh, precise. Um, let me, one of the biggest um, uh, observations we have in today's market is the difficulty and the imbalance of container boxes, right? Uh, firstly, as the COVID-19 uh, sort of hit uh, China and Far East, we saw this uh, difficulty uh, with congested ports uh, and, uh, and difficult for European and American exporters to get uh, a hold of empty boxes. What do you know about today's market? Where are we now? Anything it's, to share? Uh, yeah, sure. So it's, it's, uh, in, it's still very, very differentiated across, across the world. Um, so in some, some markets like, uh, like China, like Shanghai, Qingdao, it's, uh, it's starting to clear up. Um, as you mentioned, congestion was a big, big part of the, uh, the, the, the root cause of the mess, so to speak. Um, there wasn't enough truckers coming back from Chinese New Year to, to actually uh, drive the, the containers uh, to and from uh, the, the port. And so that created a lot of um, sort of ripple effects throughout the entire container logistics value chain, um, and hence uh, container shortages started to show up uh, in Europe, in the US, uh, like you mentioned. And by now, if we look at our um, container availability index, we see that improving um, slowly but surely because carriers and other market participants have slowly adjusted to, um, yeah, to the changes in, 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 in market situation essentially um the different imbalance situations have repositioned a lot of empty units um have rerouted their their trade flows in some parts um and uh, so that's that's slowly uh, getting getting back to normal in terms of that uh, index can you just briefly explain uh, the listeners what it's actually tracking and and how it's sort of developed so that we get some uh, perspective on the on on the the movement sir of course so uh, on exchange we um, we basically yeah, as I said earlier, um, give our clients the option to um, offer all of their container equipment um, for spot lease uh, that can be leasing companies, traders, um, but also uh, large shipping lines, uh, container lines. And on the other yep. side, we have uh, container users like freight forwarders, NVOs, uh, but also again, container liners who, who use that equipment on a spot basis. And um, to support decision making there, we have uh, developed a uh, container availability index, which basically tracks um, on a global scale tracks um, a couple of million containers um, and their movements uh, basically um, imports and exports out of, uh, out of the, the most important um, port locations. And by looking at uh, the timing and the difference of, of flows, um, we basically derive uh, an indication of container availability, including a forecast over the next four to six weeks roughly. That's super relevant and, and very interesting, I can imagine, for a lot of uh, exporters in particular these days. But um, can you say something about how it sort of moved from, let, let's say, a more normalized market, maybe in January or something like that, to, to what went into, how bad did it look and, and how you said it's slowly improving now? What, how much is an improvement? Can you give us some uh, a perspective on, on these movements? Yeah. So if you look at a 
we're just trying to think back to the to the data that I just had looked had a look at. Um, if you look at uh, Chicago or uh, even Long Beach, um, mm -hmm. we had a massive decrease in container availability. So whereas usually, so our, our index goes from zero to one. Um, zero means uh, absolute deficit of containers. One means absolute surplus. And uh, mm -hmm. 0.5 is basically a balanced market. And uh, Long Beach is always somewhere between 0.6 and 0.8 um, on the scale. And it actually went down to uh, 0.1, 0.2, um, indicating a massive um, sort of demand overhang uh, in, yeah. in, those, uh, uh, in those ports and regions. Wow. And, uh, and on that particular uh, port now that it's, it's sort of uh, stabilizing again a little bit or improving a little bit, what, what sort of number are we closing in on then? I'd have to look at the, the the current number, but we're slowly approaching the 0.5. Um, it's All right, that's balanced, fantastic. Um, but it's uh, it's of course creating a little bit of relief, uh, especially for the North American exporters um, who slowly have basically equipment to work with. Cool. And and when you have these kind of disruptions uh, in in supply chain, what kind of costs comes with this? What what's the implications? And and can you a little bit bucket it for us? This will be shippers, carriers, leasing companies. What, what are we looking at here? Of course. So if you look at, so how do we best, how do we best bucket it? So if you look at the uh, the exporter side uh, on the shipper side, um, of course the costs you know come down uh, to uh, non-availability of equipment, blank sailings. Um, what do I do with my factory output if if my factory is running uh, uh, during uh, during Corona times, uh, during COVID nineteen times? Um, where do I get the boxes from? Um, and if I get them, at what cost? Um, so oftentimes pickup charges for these for this equipment um, increase massively. Um, then on the on the other side, on the importer side, you oftentimes have uh, a massive increase in uh, demarriage and detention charges because the terminals can't uh, um, can't release the equipment uh, fast enough uh, because your consignee can't unstuff the equipment fast enough. Um, he doesn't. Yeah manpower and not enough uh, not a workforce to um, unload the containers um, fast enough and return them to the to the shipping lines and they of course uh, make basically make a profit out of it and charge detention um, fees um, and then okay. on the equipment owner side you have a massive increase in container repositioning uh, costs uh, because these containers that are suddenly stranded in unexpected locations where usually there would be enough export cargo um, to uh, yeah, basically remove or evacuate the, the boxes again, suddenly you don't have that anymore and you have to uh, move those boxes out empty. Um, and that's relevant for all container owners, be it leasing companies or uh, large shipments. Great answer. Uh, and, and thanks for structuring that a bit for us. And, and I also think that uh, potential cost of lost sales uh, might be factored in, in from a shipper point of view. And also, interestingly enough, uh, where we have this uh, front haul, back haul, uh, normal sort of cheap rates to go back haul, uh, we saw also a significant spike uh, on the short term market on, on uh, export out of Europe in particular. Um, mm -hmm. Any. Any party in the supply chain that you think this is particularly hurting more than anyone else? On the on the container supply chain, I think um, I think it's really hurting the small freight forwarders, um, yeah. which usually have small shippers. On the other hand, they don't have a I don't know IKEA or, or Nestle, uh, but they typically work with the, the smaller the smaller shippers, um, consignees, um, lower volumes, and those are the first ones that that get hit, um, that get crowded out, um, that don't go don't get the equipment, uh, that don't get the slot on the vessel, um, or where just the cargo is not available. Yeah. Good point. Um, 
what are other key concerns? I, I heard you guys talk about um, partner reliability uh, before as well. Uh, is that one of the top things uh, on mind from, from your point of view when you think about your customers or, or even the ecosystem in a broader scope? Uh, can you say something about uh, that at all in terms of what you're hearing in the market? Of course, yeah. So again, coming back to sort of the smaller um, freight forwarders, I mean, how they how they structure their business is is basically um, they have one office uh, and then they uh, then they work with agents or partners all over the world. Um, and for them, it's it's crucial to have the right partners, um, the one with high operational reliability that they can actually perform the work um, at the right time in the right manner. Um, and then, of course, financial reliability. So can they pay their bills? Sorry, can they pay their bills on time? Um, and I think that's especially relevant during during crisis, um, also relevant during normal times, but during crisis that becomes uh, paramount. I'm focusing on who do I actually work with um, and if the partners that I usually work with can't deliver business, um, can't perform operationally, how do I get new partners and reliable partners as fast as possible? And um, yeah, that's... talking to, sorry? No, go, go ahead. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I like it. Go on. Okay. Um, and talking to our clients, we saw that that's a, that's a huge issue that's uh, top of mind for them. Um, and a lot of them turn to the, the data that we have on exchange about partner uh, performance, um, check out how can, how can I uh, find new partners, who can I work with, who can I trust. Um, and I mean, that's, uh, that's basically how, as a small freight forwarder, I have to prepare to get to this, through this crisis. Very good. Uh, I, I gotta admit, I'm I, I'm I'm worried about the the slightly smaller forwarders in particular, and especially as these uh, these concerns sort of ripple onto the shipper side when they think about which ones should they work with in terms of stable business partners, and and uh, definitely leaving them at a disadvantage. But any any uh, thoughts from your end in terms of um, what we're heading into now with with let's say Europe and US seems to be quickly closing down, what will be the consequence uh, on, on empty boxes, equipment availability uh, th that you foresee? Well, I think um, over the mid midterm, I wouldn't say short term, but I'd say midterm, um, so the, all the players along the container logistics chain or logistics value chain, will adapt to the new normal, um, the new imbalance of, of trade flows. Um, and so I expect sort of the, the sh these, these short-term spikes in freight rates or equipment scarcity, et cetera, I, I expect that to, to go down and to, to, to reduce over time. Um, I, however, I, I do see, I mean, I think the US is, is still underestimating what's, uh, what's coming. Um, and I now uh, also here in Germany, I read this morning, uh, Sort of what the growth forecasts or actually the uh, GDP uh, uh, reduction forecasts are for for this year and next year, and we're heading into a very very big uh, recession, um, yeah. which in turn impacts um, freight volumes um, and hence demand for vessel space and container equipment, um, and so we'll see uh, even more overcapacity uh, than we already had um, over the next I don't know foreseeable future uh, one to three years. Yeah, it's, in, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the carriers are quickly uh, pulling uh, out capacity as, as, as fast as they can. And uh, two out of three alliances now has uh, announced substantial uh, reductions. And um, mm -hmm. 
the question will be whether it's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm super concerned that as, as Europe and US closes down, it doesn't matter that uh, the Asian side is sort of picking up because the buyer side is, is, is doing the opposite, right? And um, I read this morning really positive uh, news about uh, an uptake in, 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 in China. But, uh, but let's see, as you say, maybe the worst is uh, ahead, of, ahead of us, especially in the US, uh, and, and yeah. that will have the same consequence in a, in a way because you need both buyers and sellers to, to interact. Um, so that's going to be super yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. How does that sort of, maybe, maybe one question more from my end, how does that sure. impact sort of your, your Zenit uh, benchmark rates? Uh, because, you know, especially with that increase in uncertainty, you should see a bigger spread or a bigger volatility in contracted rates. That's or true. How does that that's true. So, so there's a, the, the, this sort of plays out differently in different corridors, right? I'm, I'm, I was very surprised uh, uh, when a Europe to Asia exploded like it did, but obviously because of the, the equipment uh, imbalance, right? Uh, but then uh, you have to, there's so many things to factor in. Let me give you a quick example, right? IMO 2020, we came into, into 2020 with the uh, uh, Q4 rate increases on the short-term market. Then you have a tender cycle in Asia, Europe, that's going was supposed to be Q1, maybe a little bit Q2 this year, which is just now gone. There's very few companies tendering. And if you have a long-term contract, then even uh, getting the carriers to, to hold their end of the bargain is difficult, right? But mm -hmm. at the same time, the spot market is, is climbing downwards in gen general. So, so I mean, there's, there's so many things that you need to factor in and monitor now. And um, the big sort of um, plus that I see uh, in today's market relative to 2016, when, when the market was really weak and then Hanjin went bankrupt, bankrupt uh, in the middle of 16 August or something, if I recall correctly, mm -hmm. is that the rates are actually at a quite healthy level. So if volumes were to sort of rebound at some point, not too far into the future, there might be a semi-healthy market for the carriers there, but, but mm -hmm. it's definitely climbing downwards, right? And then finally, to add to your question, what the sh shippers need to be cautious about now is, is, is it a viable rate that I have? And we see some of our customers going now with more of a quarterly cycle to tender more frequently because they're not really rigged to be in a spot market. So even they can move some product on that, right? But in, in, in general, the overall volumes that they have, so substantial amounts, right? They can't live with the uncertainty of a fast moving spot market. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the challenge, right? And um, uh, yeah, I'm really cooking this down to a shorter answer. Uh, but I think this is also why we have launched, launched this um, uh, Transportation Insights in order to sort of complete the picture more now with guys like you and, and companies like yours to, ah, beautiful, I like that, um, uh, <laughs> with, with uh, complementary information. Because now there's so much that you need to look at in order to make uh, sound and smart decisions. But Christian, yeah. we're very fast running out of time. Any final comments or, or anything from the market that you see that you know the audience should be aware of and and and, and listen to? Any final thoughts from your side? No, I think I think actually we covered a lot of ground. So that was a very very intense. Uh, I don't know, 10, 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, so yeah. thanks, thanks a lot for that. Um, I think um, no, I think it'll, it'll be super interesting. The next uh, I don't know three weeks to three months will really will really show um, where we're gonna be heading over the next three years. Um, so exciting times, and I think we're we're writing history as we speak. Um, and uh, everybody yeah. needs to stay on their toes because nobody knows what's, well what's said. happening.
Well, well said, Christian. Thanks again uh, for joining. Really appreciate it. Uh, now to all our customers, uh, you can continue the conversation and uh, you can post new questions in our customer discussion forum. The link is here, community.sonata.com. And with that, Christian, stay healthy. Thanks again, uh, and we'll speak soon. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.